Welcome to the Pod. Hi, we're so happy you're here. We have a very, very, very special guest. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> the drama. It's me. Taylor Swift started her album or started her tour this week, so it's, it's me. Hi, Taylor I'm the problem. Taylor Swift is not the guest. That is correct. But she looks like Taylor Swift, sort of. A little bit. She's taller. She more looks like Rapunzel. Mm, very tall, tea. long blonde hair. She knows it. Her name is Christine Foy. Christine, sorry, I said it like a patient. No, there is a patient that does love to say her name, such as this, Christine. <laughs> say hi to the people, Christine. Hi to the people. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Christine. It's nice to meet you all via this podcast. I am a child life specialist. Yay! <laughs> Christine, where do you live? I live in Jacksonville, Florida. No, exact address, please. Oh, um, my social security number is <laughs> she actually just bought a house in Jacksonville, Florida. I did. Yes. Specifically in Riverside in Jacksonville. And we are so excited. Oh, so good. So you are in Jacksonville. Why? Why'd you come here? Because I got a job as a child life specialist. So what? I decided why the heck not start my life in Florida? I what? love it. You had to move to get a child life job? I did, yeah. Oh, wow. That's Sounds so like other people we know yeah, like <laughs> also moved for jobs. Sounds so like we... it's like really competitive out there. Yeah, amen. <laughs> so we have Christine today because March is child life month. So we, whoa, whoa, whoa. we wanted to have her on and talk about child life and give you guys the opportunity to learn about what it is. Um some people start on the music therapy journey and some figure out child li- what child life is and they switch. So maybe, you know, this, this episode can make you leave the music therapy profession or stay hey, or, or, or vice versa or vice versa. Oh, fair, fair. <laughs> or you yeah. can be like us and make a bestie in the other field. Yeah. So we want to talk, yeah. we want to talk today about what child life is, mm-hmm. what child life specialists do, and then like how we collaborate and like why it's so important that we have you on today. So Can you tell people like, as if they've never heard of child life ever, what is child life? Yeah. So child life specialists are experts in the psychosocial needs of hospitalized children. So we reduce stress and anxiety in the hospital by providing developmentally appropriate education and preparation through play because that's how kids learn. And that is the short version of what I do. That's awesome. How did you find child life? Honestly, it was just like a chance thing. I was talking to a friend in college. I didn't know what I was going to do. I started off as undecided. I moved to exercise science thinking I was going to be a physical therapist, decided that science was not for me, knew I wanted to do something with kids. And somebody was randomly talking about child life. And I said, what is that? Looked it up, decided that was the job I'd been looking for my whole life. And now here I am years later. So Christine, how long have you been working as a child life specialist? I have been a certified child life specialist for five years. I just had my anniversary in January. Yeah. Do you feel like you like, where, where do you, when do you feel like you crossed the line from like, I'm a new professional to now I'm like legit? Um, Not to say new professionals aren't legit, just saying. No, no, no. You're definitely legit out there. Thanks. Um. I don't know. I think 
a year into the career, I was like, okay, now I know what I'm doing a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like three years in, I was like, okay, I'm pretty solid now. But then I switched units. So yeah, didn't really start over, still had all of that knowledge and experience behind me, but just a different way of going about doing child life on a daily basis. Sure. So what's a unit? You mentioned that you switched units. I used to work on a unit with populations, including pediatric oncology, hematology, ortho and endocrine. And that was an inpatient area. So I saw those kids every single day, weeks on end. And then I moved to an outpatient setting for um, pediatric pre-op. So basically you worked with kids that were in the hospital for a long time with cancer diagnoses and other blood disorders. And then you moved to an area where kids come into the hospital, have surgery, and then they get to go home after sometimes. Sometimes, but also some of them do spend the night as well. I just don't follow them to those inpatient units. Okay. So where can child life specialists work? Like, how does this work? Majority of us work in pediatric hospitals, but there are child life specialists in schools, in dentist's offices. Um, I heard about one being like in a court. I don't know how true that is, but I've heard of that. That's cool. Um, I know. Right. And then just kind of out in the community in different areas. My question is knowing that you specialize in the hospitalized child, what other things do child life specialists learn that would allow them to be in the court system or in, at a dentist office or in a disaster zone? Learning how to adapt any kind of knowledge to a child's understanding mm. is what you learn in school. So we do primarily focus on the hospitalized child, but also developmental terminology, psychology background, not to be confused with a psychologist. We just Mm. have child psychology background. And then throughout your practicum, internship schooling, you learn how to adapt situations so that you can help a child better understand what to expect. Mm. So it's my understanding that in your role, you take things, put it on a child's level. So in the hospital, Mm -hmm. that involves diagnosis education, Tell, like, tell us about like the nitty gritty of like the interventions that you are um, implementing. <laughs> so it's so hard to explain what a child life specialist is, just like it's so hard to explain what a music therapist is. I feel like our jobs really can't be fully understood unless you see it in person and have a personal experience with it. Yeah, sure. But procedural support, say we're going in for an IV. And if you guys don't know what an IV out there is, I can explain that to you. Just like <laughs> I'm going to explain it to this kid. So it's a bend, it's a bendable, flexible straw. Um, we go over the procedure. We talk about how it's going to be a quick poke. We talk about our misconceptions. Again, the needle doesn't stay the whole time. It comes out and just the straw is left behind so that you can get that anesthesia or we can get a sample of your blood or you can get fluids to help hydrate your body. We help come up with a coping plan on what we're going to do during that procedure. Maybe they have needle phobia and they can't look at that procedure at all. So we come up with a coping plan that we are going to block their view. We're going to do some guided imagery. We're going to listen to soothing music. We're going to squeeze on a stress ball. We're going to have our mom right beside us or our dad or our grandma, whoever the caregiver is. Um, And we are going to find out what that specific patient 
needs for that coping mechanism? Do you need a countdown before the poke? Do we need to advocate for some numbing medicine? Every coping plan is individualized, just like music therapy's coping plan is individualized. Um, and then we get through that procedure, hopefully successfully. And more often than not, we get done with it. And they're like, wow, I never knew that it could go like that because no one has ever taken the time to stop and come up with a plan. Sometimes the hospital can be a rushed environment and they just have to come in and get it done. And they don't have time to talk to the kiddo about how they're feeling. But with a child life specialist present, it's our whole job to advocate for a positive experience. I like I was the next place I was going to go. You already went there. The fact that y'all are advocates for these kids. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Um, and I think that growing within the field gives you that confidence to speak up and advocate for those kids. We all know how to do it baseline, but when you're in that environment with people who are quote unquote higher up than you, or you have a complicated coworker, it can be hard to speak up and advocate for your patients because it puts you in an awkward situation with people who you have to continue to work with. But mm. that's why we're here. That's why we went into these fields. We want to see patients having positive experiences in the hospital. Mm. So, so far what I hear, we have educating on things going on in the hospital environment, advocating mm -hmm. for the kids to others, helping, su supporting, oh. yeah, supporting okay. the procedures mm -hmm. and supporting anything like that. Normalization? For sure. Normalization. Um, and we can provide normalization within any of those things that we are already doing, like preparation, support, um, diagnosis, education, and normalization can be taking a patient outside because they've been in the hospital for two months and haven't mm -hmm. felt the sun on their skin. Mm -hmm. It can be playing with Play-Doh at bedside. It can be doing a scavenger hunt around the unit. It can be just taking the time to chat with them and listen because nobody else will. Mm. Um, it can look like a lot of different things. And I feel like the common misconception is the toy drop-offs. A hundred percent. And toys are definitely so important. That's like I mentioned earlier, play is the way that children learn. It's the way that they express themselves. So toys are so important, but we commonly get mis, um, we commonly get misjudged as quote unquote, the toy lady or the iPad lady, because mm. maybe in a procedure we're holding up an iPad to block their view, but we're doing so much more than just standing there and holding an electronic. It's the way we're talking to them. It's the way that we're assessing the whole room, the whole environment. It's the, the way time. that we're correct the entire time. It's the way that we are providing step-by-step -step information or advocating for the room to be quiet and have one voice. It's just so much more than just standing there and holding something. I relate to that so hard because for us, it's more <laughs> than like playing this. It's more than playing, let it go. It's 100%. more than playing a song. It's more than it's more, rocking a baby to sleep. Mm -hmm. It's more than carrying a guitar on around on your back and <laughs> getting asked, are you here to play for me today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. And y'all like for those of you listening, if you plan to judge, plan to do child life, plan to do music therapy, this is why collaborating and making partners out of each other is so important because a lot of the struggles that we face are similar, different, but so similar. Yeah. Because at first glance, we just look like the fun people, which 
I mean, we can be for Absolutely. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. We definitely have a more fun job than the people who have to poke and prod at children. Yeah. But we also, our jobs also go so deep beyond what people can see um, at the surface mm-hmm. level. Why have you stayed in child life for five years? That's a good question. I think that we all have our ups and downs along the way. You know, like that can be that could be a day by day thing. That could be a week by week thing. Like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to quit today. (laughs) And then other other times I'm like, I have a really awesome success and a great intervention. Mm. And I have a family member who's like crying to me. They're so thankful for my services and what I provided for their child. And I'm like, that's why I get up and I come and do this again every single day. And honestly, I cannot picture myself doing anything else. The, it is, it's hard work, but, and it's more, it's more hard than it is rewarding, honestly, majority of the time, Mm. especially with these times that we see like in the hospital. So it's not, it's not for the faint of heart for sure, but the rewards that you do see stay with you forever. Um, can you talk about the education? Like what do you have to do to become a child life specialist? Yes. So that is not changing, but mm, being tweaked with right now, um, as far as internship goes, but backing up further than that, you need a bachelor's degree in some kind of child psychology, family studies degree. Every school is different. It can be very confusing. Um, for those of you out there, curious about the child life field. If you go to www.childlife.org, you can get more information and talk to them directly about ways that you need to go about becoming a child life specialist. But it's extra confusing because everywhere is a little bit different. Um, For me, I have a bachelor's of science in child and family studies. Some colleges have specific child life degrees. Mm. You might get your degree in child psychology. Um, It just kind of varies based off what the university offers. But You also need volunteer hours under a child life specialist in the hospital. You should get a practicum is very preferred for your growth and your understanding of the child life field. It's a great way to dip your toe into the water and find out if it's really for you because that's all about shadowing a child life specialist. Um, And then just a variety of experiences within the community, preschools, daycares, autism centers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Once you get past all of that, you apply for internships. It's a 600 plus hour internship. You typically do have to move away for it. It is unpaid, unfortunately. Um, And after that, you will be eligible to sit for the certification exam. They offer that three times a year. I wish they offered it more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It would be very convenient if they offered it more. And then some Um, hospitals or wherever you plan to become a child life specialist, hire you prior to getting certified with the understanding you'll get certified within a year of being hired Mm -hmm. and others require you to have that certification prior to being hired. Gotcha. But you can also get your master's. Sorry. Yeah. It's complicated and you can also get your master's if (laughs) you want. options. (laughs) We got options out there. That's what I was so confused about whenever I started at where we work, because I was like, wait, how do you guys get this education? Sorry, Joy's crying. Tyler just got home with cookies. Cookie, cookie. (laughs) Your education process sounds different, but relatable to ours. We have an internship too. It's also unpaid. 
it's so interesting to me how these really specialized fields can be so unknown in the hospital setting or in all of the settings when like we go Mm -hmm. through so much training to be experts in the areas in which we work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. I just like, (laughs) it's just funny. I think child life is the first program that paralleled music therapy for me in knowing what your education looked like. Um, to say, oh, okay, there's somebody else who has an almost equal level training that we do in an area and they're equally like recognized in the system. Yeah. Right. Or not recognized in the system. Should be more recognized in the system. Exactly. (laughs) More recognized (laughs) and more higher paid. A thousand percent. We can advocate for that forever till we're blue in the face. For sure. Obviously you've worked with music therapists. Yes. What does that look like working together? Working with music therapy can look like a lot of different things. My specific experience with music therapy was a lot of collaboration with end of life situations, um, collaboration with milestone celebrations, collaboration with procedural support. What else did we do together, Morgan? Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of like, even just pay- like normative. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I would, I would say normative, but also coping support. So like sometimes yeah. Sarah, who's the child life specialist I work closely with and that Christine trained, um, we, she comes to me with patients who may be coping poorly. And even sometimes like with those sickle cell patients who are on our floor for a long time and have maybe some self-harm and like suicidal ideation, like it's kind of this point where Sarah's like, okay, like this is where I can go with this. And this is where you Mm -hmm. can pick this patient up and can go beyond because of our like therapeutic training and songwriting and processing and lyric analysis Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Right. Um, There's only so far that we can go until it's out of our scope of practice. So since you guys have those skills, it's awesome to be able to collaborate, especially like you said, with those patients who are in and out of the hospital again and again and again, there's only so much that you can do for them that you haven't already done before. Um, and especially with the long-term kiddos who could be in severe pain, like Mm. Morgan, we used to collaborate on all those post-op halo patients. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge help. I think that they're just going through something that I personally, as a child life specialist could only go so far with to your point, Daniel. Yeah. So like that pain management piece. And Mm -hmm. another feature that I'm thinking of over here is like dealing with our individuals that are, um, on the spectrum or have sensory processing disorders. Like there's just a kind of creative coping that sometimes music therapy is more effective. Sometimes child's life Mm -hmm. more effective, or sometimes it's literally both of us supporting each other, um, to have two professionals in the room that are specialists in the biopsychosocial needs of our patients. And so I think, yeah, I think of special needs as well being a population that we collaborate a lot with. Right. I'm thinking of a very specific patient that we had um, that (laughs) would come and you were the only one that could do anything, if anything, Mm -hmm. at at some point in time. But if anybody was going to deescalate that patient, it was going to be you. Yeah. And everyone had you on speed dial. Uh (laughs) Flashbacks. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like that, like, honestly, even just that teamwork, it's so cool as a music therapist in the pediatric setting, knowing that I'm not going to have a second music therapist in a unit or area that I work, but knowing that I have an equal in a child life specialist to go to for assessments and to go to for someone to just like get it, you know, it's so yeah. nice to have that teamwork in someone who isn't exactly a music therapist, but really understands what we do. And in my experience, there's like a lot more child life specialists than music therapists. Yeah. Um, like even during my internship, there was like 35 child life specialists and six music therapists on our team. I think we, our ratio was like 13 to three, right? 12 to three, something like that. So having a child life specialist to collaborate with, with the patients that you're not going to be able to see, but can give you appropriate mm-hmm. consults. Oh my gosh. We love to advocate for appropriate music therapy consults. That yes. was like so my side hustle on my last unit. Hey, you put in a music therapy consult. Hey, put in a music therapy consult. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But also having people who understand that like we don't just play music for kids. Yeah. Right. And just because a kid likes music doesn't mean that that's an appropriate music therapy consult. Absolutely. Facts. And also just <laughs> like that's somebody- great for them, but yeah. Absolutely. And to have somebody to like stand against the fire so that we don't have to every single time and vice versa. It's like when something's coming up, be like, oh, hey, I think you need to call the child life specialist. Like there could help be helpful with this or vice versa. Like y'all being like, hey, I think you actually need to consult your music therapist for this issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's And to your point of just having somebody that gets it back to those end of life experiences, being able to collaborate with a music therapist and not being the sole person that carries that weight of everything that is happening in the room and being Mm. able to debrief about that with someone that you trust who's on the same team as you is incredible. Christine, we love you. (laughs) This was, I love you guys so much. Thank you for coming on and doing this. Thank you for having me on. Honestly, I do. I love child life and I love music therapy. And I think that it's just the whole package when you have the two of them together. Absolutely. We <laughs> are team. made to be together. The dream team. Dream team. The dream correct. team, baby. I also <laughs> want everyone to know that Christine is a child life specialist and listens to our music therapy podcast in her free time. <laughs> and she's just literally fan. the best advocate and the best partner in crime. And we just adore you. Yes, we do. We really well, do. I feel the same exact way about you guys. <laughs> if you have any more questions for Christine. Feel free to contact us at the MTPT pod and we can relay them and get those questions answered for you. I'd be happy to answer them. (laughs) We love you. Thank you so much. Love you guys. We will talk to you later. Peace. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.